Hello and welcome to the Interrobangs Red Couch Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Kohler, and today I have the absolute pleasure of being here with Christine Wardle, sustainability consultant with Fanshawe College. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. The snow where I am has just started coming down, so I'm a bit less great because I'm not the big, biggest snow fan in the world, but uh, but could be worse. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, just really quickly, before we kind of get ramping in, can you just give me a quick little synopsis of of who you are and, and what you do just for people who maybe don't know who you really are? Mm-hmm. So I started with Fanshawe almost, oh, about five years ago now. Um, I was a student in the environmental design and planning program. Um, I've worked with the sustainability coordinator and the manager of facilities operations for that whole time. Um, Currently our uh, sustainability coordinator is on leave. So it's just me and our manager. And we're just trying to keep the uh, sustainability team going right now and try to implement new stuff at the college. Super cool, super fun. I know you've done a couple interviews and things with the Interrobang in general in the past before. So I know we Mm -hmm. as a group have incredibly appreciated you so far. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, and so doing a little a little bit of digging on you on my end, uh, I saw you have a diploma in adventure recreation parts technician. First off, that sounds awesome. So anything with the word adventure in it that you can get a, a diploma or degree in is wicked. Uh, can you yeah. tell me about a little bit of what that entailed and what that looked like? Oh, it was it was amazing. Um, it was up in Sioux College in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, it was the first year actually that they had offered the condensed version of that diploma. So instead of a two-year degree, it was 12 months straight. And we, for the first two months, were just basically gallivanting around all of Northern Ontario, <laughs> going camping and hiking and rock climbing and any outdoor activity you can really think of, we were doing. And it was just so much fun and you know digging around for insects and animals and so that whole time you know was just it was such a great opportunity for me and any anyone that asks about it I'm like you really should just take the course for the fun of it because (laughs) it was absolutely amazing and I got to try so many new sports outdoor sports that I never would have otherwise well, and yeah, like I said, anything with adventure in the name sounds pretty <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I assume it would be hard not to have some fun in a program like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great location, too. I have family up in the kind of Thunder Bay area. So we've gone through uh, the Sioux in order to get there. And it's absolutely breathtaking to drive through there. So great little. Yeah, spot gorgeous. Uh, and I, I also saw for your current position, you are a social media manager as, as part of the work you do, which I appreciate because I'm also a social media manager. Um, but your main position with Fanshawe is sustainability consultant right now. Can you go into a bit of detail about what that actually looks like, what that kind of role entails on a regular day-to-day basis? Yeah, so currently um, I've been working with, um, so I used to, during COVID, I implemented a program called the SDG Lab, and it was started as an online program, and then when we were all back in person, we did a couple in-person events and we actually recently were pushing for, you know, can we get the materials from this company in order to implement this on our own and distribute it to our faculty and our staff. And so we were able to do that. So 
kind of my day to day right now looks like, you know, sending that out to people. Um, we've been working with, I'm not sure if you've seen them, but we've got a couple of Oscar sort, their AI waste sorting bins. Um, we're still working with those, getting those implemented and kind of working all correctly and everything. But uh, so working with people from that company and then other companies that are interested in sustainability things at the college. Um, but one of the biggest things really is just kind of right now keeping things going along as best we can. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially for a college as big as Fanshawe, kind of sustainability kind of has to be a bit of focus at some point or another. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for the various projects that you do, I know you mentioned a couple there. How does that kind of process really get rolling? Do, do you reach out to these companies? Do they reach out to you? Do you just kind of do research and then go from there? How do they kind of just get like going in the first place? It's a little column A, little column B. Um, there's been times where I've seen something and I suggest it to my colleagues and I'm like, this is look, this looks really great um, and something that I think we should implement. And then other times they will contact me saying, you know, we have this program and we think it'd be really great for you guys. And if we also think it will be really great, which is something the SDGs lab did, um, then we implement it. And now it's a huge part of Fanshawe and, you know, it's going to be rolled out for the next, hopefully forever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's always the hope with sustainability measures that get yeah. rolled out forever is kind of the ultimate game plan. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. you, you've mentioned that project a couple of times. Have there been any that you've kind of had your hand in the pot for that you've been overly passionate about that you've been like, yes, the college should really, really be developing this. I would say that it's that one. Which makes <laughs> I a lot feel of sense. like that one's almost like my my little baby because <laughs> I started it during COVID and there was only 15 people that would attend online. And then during the in-person events, we were having to turn people away. And now it's going out to hundreds potentially thousands of students on a yearly basis. Um, so I'm actually quite proud of that one. <laughs> and that all makes it's hard when you do sort of like little projects like that, that turn into something bigger. It's it's hard not to be like almost a protective in a way, like it's a child <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, I spent a lot of time in, in marketing and we'd have some projects that we we develop that start off as kind of like, ah, ho-hum, whatever, it's, it's, it's this. But then as it gets rolling along, it becomes more and more like, hey, I, I really, really like this. I want you to like this too, sort of a thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and so in terms of sustainability, uh, which was the topic of our, our previous issue uh, with the Interrobang, there's definitely no shortage of topics to discuss everything from like composting, mm -hmm. pollution, renewable energy, and, and so on and so on. What is one particular topic in the, in the field of sustainability that is really passionate or resonates with you quite a bit? I have always been very passionate about zero waste, but also just doing more sustainable outdoor activities. Um, you know, I'm really in big into camping and hiking. So the way, you know, my zero waste can fall into that is, you know, instead of bringing all these pre-packed snacks and things, I'm bringing food that I've made at home and potentially dehydrated it or, is something that I can just wrap in a paper towel. Um, 
Zero waste is definitely one of my bigger things. You know, I like to use shampoo bars and conditioners and I don't use disposable razors and reusable uh, soap scrubbies, all that kind of stuff. And so from the sounds of it, you like camping and just being outside in general, <laughs> just from the, the the adventure recreation and mentioning yes. that. Uh, so so great point. Kind of off, off the side, do you have any favorite kind of camp spots that you'd go to or do you just kind of go out and 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 camp, set up tents in, in different areas from there? Well, it depends where I am at the time. When I was living in London, um, there's not a ton of places that you yep. can go that are kind of a free camping and or have been booked up by January 5th. <laughs> uh, but now that I'm out in Alberta, um, I there's a lot of free camping here. You can just kind of go out and lose yourself in the forest for a couple of days. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, and lots of free hiking as well. Um, so I'd say probably one of my favorite places to hike would be to go just past Canmore, there's uh, a road called Spray Valley, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's just nice being outside. I uh, I taught wilderness survival for a, a camp oh. a couple years way way back, and it's nice just to be out in the fresh air, kind of like make a make a little fire, making tents, sort of thing, just kind of escaping from the real world for a little bit. So mm -hmm. I, I I definitely appreciate that whole uh, that whole mindset there, and then zero waste kind of just goes hand in hand because. The opposite end is you have to carry it around with you, which is just not oh, fun yeah. at all. And it just increases the amount of stuff you have to kind of bring in the first place in an indirect way from things like packaging and, and plastics and stuff like that. Hmm. So that's a spectacular, spectacular topic to kind of be passionate about. Uh, and so uh, there's been a lot with you having spent a lot of time uh, around the environment in general. As a bit of an expert, what would you say are some of the constant questions that you get asked on a regular basis about the environment and about sustainability? Um, I definitely say one of the biggest things that people are concerned about is, you know, why should I change my everyday? Um, like, why should I change when it's the corporations and big business that is, you know, doing all of the harm, which... I can understand that mindset. I try to understand that mindset, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I try to explain that, you know, if like, yes, there corporations and big business are definitely a huge problem. Like no one is ever saying that they're not the problem, <laughs> but it's, you know, our individual actions as well that will have an impact. However small that impact may be, it's still an impact that can be felt even in just your local community. Um, so that's definitely one of the biggest things is people don't want to change when the other people won't change. And that's, yeah, that's totally fair. And I, I recently did a, an, an article and a conversation on the, 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 the doomsday clock. I don't know if you've heard of that at all, the, the yes. of atomic <laughs> scientists. And for, I guess for listeners who do not know, uh, it's basically if uh, a group of scientists that came together and essentially said, hey, if the entire existence of, of mankind was put into a 24-hour clock from midnight to midnight, the world right now is 90 seconds away from, from Armageddon, from the apocalypse mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And so with that, a lot of people raised similar concerns to what you mentioned. You actually kind of got to one of my questions, which I appreciate, which is spectacular. 
um, which was if people can really do anything on an individual level or if it's too too far past that point where it's just coming down to, oh, anything I do just gets canceled out by businesses anyway. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. So thank you for getting to that. I appreciate that. Um, with that being said, what are, would you say are some of the easiest ways that people can contribute in a meaningful way on an individual level? Um, definitely trying to reduce your waste. Um, it's always good to do the things that we can, you know, bamboo toothbrush, bar shampoos, um, that kind of stuff. Also eating a more plant-based diet, not necessarily cutting out meat altogether, but having it less is going to make a huge contribution. Um, the meat industry is a very big CO2 producer. Um, so, and then doing things like, you know, um, active transportation. So instead of driving your car all the time, you can either walk or bike or even just take public transit. I know a lot of the buses in London have bike racks. So even if you are a bit too far to walk to the bus, you can take your bike, put it on the front and then go where you need to go. Um, yeah, just being more active in your transportation is going to help a lot as well. I think those are those are some great points. I know on 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 both cycling and uh, and leaning towards more plant based diets in general. When they when people hear that, they kind of assume that oh, that means I have to completely cut it out. That means I have to go zero to a hundred. It means I'm only biking, no buses, or it means uh, uh, no meat, no anything, just plants. And that's I think what ruffles a lot of people's feathers. They just kind of make that mental assumption a little bit, and then get a little carried away from there. But uh, but yeah, like you said, there's definitely manageable ways to do pretty much anything to become just more environmentally sustainable, which is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, along that same general vein of what I just mentioned, uh, in terms of sustainability for individuals, would you say that there are any main misconceptions that people have or that people kind of think one thing when it's actually uh, in another direction? Do you think people any any sort of key thoughts on that front stick out? Hmm. It's kind of a bit, a bit more interpretation-y sort of a thing, <laughs> or, or more personal experience. This one's a little tougher. Oh, I know there is one, and it is escaping me right now. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> if in doubt, if we, we could maybe come back to that one, or, or it's all good in any case. <laughs> um, so... Uh, just kind of uh, switching over a little bit um, with uh, currently in the outlook, we mentioned that that doomsday clock, there is kind of a lot of, of doom and gloom going around right now when it comes to to climate change. But things like the like compost programs, uh, electric vehicles, carbon initiatives are all starting to, to grow more and more. What would you say are some of the best examples that you can think of in terms of of active progress on a bit of a larger scale? I think... Honestly, one of the biggest things that I think is really good is that the younger generations are becoming more aware of these things and they're starting to care a lot more than generations previous to them. Um, I know that, you know, it's like this since the Industrial Revolution, really, we've just been trashing the earth and (laughs) it's really catching up to us now. And younger people are realizing like well what is what is it going to be like when I get old so they are starting to implement changes um, but also not just in their personal lives but in 
their careers. So there are a lot of people who are shifting their focus from, you know, corporate jobs to jobs that are going to help the planet and the society and make a more sustainable economy um, for themselves, for us, and for their kids eventually as well, which I think is really amazing. Yeah, and I think ultimately everyone's getting to that point where it used to be the 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 kind of stereotyped trend of, oh, I, I won't have to worry about this. Other It's other people's <laughs> problems, yada, yada, yada. But we're starting to get to the point where it's, oh, this is going to affect all of us at some point, no matter what. So I think yeah. that's a, a great, great point, uh, because it, it's just kind of a, a, a universal problem at this point for all of us. So hard mm -hmm. not to pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so my one of my, my last kind of bigger questions for you, um, for, for people in London, for people at Fanshawe, Canada, kind of everywhere, if you were to sum it up, why is sustainability so important for everyone and for the rest of the world going forward? Why should we be focusing on it? Oh, big question. We definitely should be focusing on sustainability because we absolutely need it. You know, we are seeing, even now, we're seeing the effects of the lives that we've chosen to live for decades. And even though people, you know, in Canada and the US might not see it as much on a day-to-day -day basis um, there are other parts of the world that are just getting you know pounded by uh, climate events and garbage and all of these things and the cycle is just getting worse and worse and worse um, so yeah really integrating it and it's not just about you know the climate it's about creating a society that people want to live in where people feel safe and where people can afford to live the lives that they want to live it's not just about you know making sure that the tree over there is good it's making sure that you are good and that the economy is sustainable and good and just those three pillars of social environmental and economic are working in harmony and not harming one another as it has been for quite some time now. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of people fall into the thought of, oh, if I'm if I'm being more environmentally conscious, that means I'm spending more money. That means I'm not economically focused. When really, that's it's again another example of kind of going zero to a hundred and just kind of making some assumptions. When really, there is a way to blend the two. People just kind of gloss over it a little bit in their heads. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely I think. This past summer, in particular, with the the, the wildfires, the the record breaking heat that we've seen, it's definitely getting harder and harder to ignore it when these these record setting events are happening, not just for for us here in Canada, but across the globe too, and just <laughs> how much it's being talked about. So I think those are some great points and definitely reasons why everybody should have some semblance of a sustainability focus in their head. Uh, definitely. And so so for anyone who's wanting to learn a little bit more about what uh, London and I guess Fanshawe more specifically is doing, what are some ways that people can kind of get a bit more educated or learn more information about the sustainability at Fanshawe? Uh, there are a couple of student groups that people could get involved in. I know that there's Enviro Fanshawe. Um, they do different events around campus. Um, but also we have a couple of websites 
for Fanshawe sustainability. Um, you just really have to go to, you know, fanshawe.ca and look around for it a little bit. <laughs> um, but also, you know, if they want something specific, they can reach out to anyone that they think is, you know, knowledgeable on the subject, or they can reach out to sustainability at fanshawe.ca and uh, I can help you out in whatever, whatever way you might need. Perfect. So spectacular. And so just as we're getting towards the, the end of this kind of podcast, uh, one thing that I do with absolutely every guest that I bring on, it's come, become kind of a little tradition of mine, is to just end with some, some little lighthearted lightning questions, just so mm -hmm. that uh, people can learn a little bit more about you and some of your tastes on a more personal level. Um, okay. The important thing is to answer them as quick as possible. None of them are huge, but some of them might be tough. Oh, uh, sure. But uh, anyways, just to get right into it, uh, number one question, uh, do you have a favorite band? Um, I just saw JP Sachs on Sunday night and it was absolutely incredible. Oh, totally cool. That's awesome. That's wicked. I've been trying to just see more live groups in general. It's almost been my, I don't really make them, but New Year's resolution kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. So no, that's wicked. Uh, and on top of that, do you play any instruments? Ooh, I don't. Ah, that's the, I would highly recommend. It's just a, a nice little thing to do in the background. Um, do you have a favorite season? Ooh, oh, it's oh, autumn, definitely. Autumn, I hear. Yeah. You. I I used to be a, a real summer child, uh, but more <laughs> and more autumn has I just love my cozy Well, and it's just it's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite TV show? Okay, the one that pops up in my head right now is Third Rock from the Sun. Okay, good pick. That one I don't hear quite <laughs> as often. That one's spectacular. Okay, uh, and then off that, do you have a favorite celebrity? Ooh, um, Catherine Hahn is pretty good. She's hilarious. Okay, that's a really, really good pick too. Uh, favorite food? Mm, anything with pasta. Anything with pasta? Good pick. Also appreciate that you said pasta. I know a few people who say pasta and it just drives me nuts <laughs> for some weird reason. <laughs> uh, and, and then off that, do you cook at all? I do. I try to do it more, um, but I, you know, I too am a very busy student working and going to school. So really, uh, if I'm fed, then that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I'm in the same. I'm, I just like food in general. You throw a dish yeah. in front of me and I will probably eat it. <laughs> uh, and uh, coffee or tea? Ooh, I love tea. That's a good pick. I also I love coffee. I mean... <laughs> They're, they're both good. But if I had to, like, down to the wire pick one, it would be tea. Ah, there you go. I think I prefer the different flavors and variety of tea a little bit more. But I infinitely consume more coffee than I do tea, for sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, what did you want to be when you, uh, when you were a kid? Ooh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a vet. Okay, that's spectacular. And now I'm taking my master in landscape architecture so <laughs> hey i'm i'm in the same boat i'm in uh, broadcast journalism and when i was a kid i think i wanted to be an archaeologist and nice. i think like an astronaut like everybody else <laughs> yep. uh, and last question which is the, the toughest one for me to always answer uh, do you have a favorite movie oh my gosh oh there's i don't know do i have a favorite one 
If I had to pick a good, really good comedy one that I love, it's Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell. <laughs> okay, good picks. The Will Ferrell ones are always funny. It's it, absolutely hilarious. It's always the toughest question for me because I think my favorite movies always keep changing and rolling forward. I think if I was asked right now, I'd say maybe Scott Pilgrim versus the world or like Blade Runner 2049. So it's, it's always- I, My favorite genre is rom-com. So like, I I feel like rom-com. there's an umbrella under that where I have lots of favorite movies under rom-com. <laughs> Love it. I, my favorite were the kind of like the mid 2000s ones, things like uh, like Devil Wears Prada come to mind. Uh, yeah. A lot of Hugh Grant ones come to mind from like the late 90s. So good pick. <laughs> uh, and so that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, and so this has been the Interrobangs Red Couch podcast. You can listen to previous and future episodes on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to catch our next issue, which hits shelves or on our website at theinterrobang.ca where you can stay up to date on all things Fanshawe. For the Red Couch Podcast, I'm Justin Kohler. <laughs>